Um, but during these few weeks of Advent, we're going to incorporate the Psalms because we don't get to hear them all the time. So today's Psalm is Psalm 122. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem built as a city that is bound firmly together to which the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord as was decreed for Israel to give thanks to the name of the Lord. Their thrones for judgment were set, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they be secure who love you. Peace be within your walls and security within your towers. For my brothers and companions' sake, I will say, peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. The Lord be with you. Our first reading is from the book of Isaiah in the second chapter. The word that Isaiah the son of Amos saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. It shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established as the highest of the mountains and shall be lifted up above the hills and all the nations shall flow to it and many peoples shall come and say, come. Let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways, and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations and shall decide disputes for many peoples, and they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nations. Neither shall they learn war any more. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Our epistle reading from the letter to the Romans in the 13th chapter. Owe no one anything except to love each other, for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments... You shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. Besides this, you know the time that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone, the day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. This is the word of the Lord. I invite you to rise and honor the gospel. Our gospel reading from Matthew in the 21st chapter. Now, when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethphage, to the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord needs them, and he will send them at once. This took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet, saying, 
Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put on them their cloaks, and he sat on them. Most of the crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds that went before him and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest! And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up, saying, Who is this? And the crowds said, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. This is the gospel of our Lord. You may be seated. Christ, would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you have done to bring us once again to your house as you shine your light into our lives. We pray that you would move by your spirit, remove distractions from our hearts and minds, and let us rest in your promises for us in Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. That psalm that you heard earlier is of a specific category of psalms. And it's a psalm uh, that the people of Israel, the 12 tribes of Israel, every season that they would go to the temple in Jerusalem for whatever festival it was, say Passover or any of the others, as soon as they hit Jericho, after however far they had come around, when they would hit Jericho and they could see the shining of the sun off the gold and the white marble of the temple up on the hill in Jerusalem, they could see this bright light up ahead of them and they had a road to walk that they were only a half a day away. They would start singing these psalms called the Psalms of Ascent, the Psalms of Going Up, because from wherever you were at, you went up to Jerusalem. It was lifted up above all of the others. And so this place, this most holy house of the Lord was there. And they would sing joyous songs just like all of you do in the car on the way to church. And you don't? I actually love the first line of that psalm. I was glad when they say we're going up to the house of the Lord. More often than not, I feel that way. I love that verse. I really do love that sentiment. But every now and then, I kind of don't. <laughs> and I'm sure you may not either. Because going to the house of the Lord sometimes with kids can be very stressful. Going to the house of the Lord when my pillow is really comfortable can be very tiring. Going to the house of the Lord when there's a good football game on can be very inconvenient. Going up to the house of the Lord sometimes can be hard because we know we're going to hear a word that challenges us. We know that we're going to hear a word that maybe tells us that we don't get to do what we want to do or live life the way we want. Going to the house of the Lord sometimes is a hard thing, especially if we've ever been hurt by the church, if we've ever been hurt by somebody at a church. Going to the house of the Lord is hard. It takes work. I mean, you all have to drive anywhere from 5 to 40 minutes. In those days of the 12 tribes of Israel, going from Galilee to Jerusalem was about three and a half, four days of a walk. So, try that next time. Just walk to church. <laughs> You'll start singing when you see the doors, trust me. And so, as they would make this walk up there, though, they 
have these beautiful songs. And the thing about this psalm that's really interesting is that this was specifically for the people of God. This was specifically for those 12 tribes, specifically for that small group of people that were so excited to hear the ways of the Lord and be taught the ways of the Lord and to be glad as they went up to this house of the Lord, like a huge family reunion gathering together during that season. But we also hear from Isaiah. And it's interesting because Isaiah's words are kind of jumping into the middle of a conversation. It's Isaiah chapter 2. Chapter 1, he was actually prophesying judgment and a full breakdown of the people of God. And so Isaiah's words are very hopeful. But there was one little catch in there, and I don't know if you caught it. He said, all the nations will come to the house of the Lord. All the nations will be present at Jerusalem. For us, that's a good thing. But imagine being the people of God who you knew you were set apart as God's people. Everyone else followed another God. You were the only people that this God showed blessings on, that this God took care of, that this God was there for, that this God promised to save you or too. And now all of a sudden you're in the middle of following a bunch of kings that have taken all kinds of practices from the people and the nations around, put them into the midst of the temple, and broke down God's system. And now a prophet comes in to speak a word to you to say, all the nations are going to go up to that house. You're like, wait a minute, I thought that was just for us. So in Isaiah's words, as hopeful as they are for us, and as true as they are because it's prophesying a place and time where the Savior will be, for the people that heard it, it would have grated on their ears as something that was being taken away from them and given to somebody else. And when you've lived your whole life with the identity of being God's people and to hear that taken away and given to somebody else, it would be heartbreaking for them. In the end of those verses there, Isaiah says, let us go up to the house of the Lord and walk in the light of the Lord. That's such a beautiful phrase, isn't it? Light's great. And to walk in the light of the Lord, oh my goodness, to walk in his ways and his teachings and his statutes. But light is very interesting. You can think of uh, headlights or flashlights. They're guiding, there's safety there. It's lighting up the road ahead so that you can see what's coming. It's a good thing. Think of a spotlight, theater folk, Right? Anyone who's been on stage, a spotlight shining down on you, that spotlight is a lot of fun when you know your lines. How does it feel when you don't know your lines? It's a little nerve-wracking. It feels a little like judgment. You see, light shining in on things is beautiful when it lights up beautiful things, but when that light starts to shine in corners and crevices and places that you'd rather hidden in the dark somewhere... That light of judgment is hard to handle, hard to have when you feel it shining on you. And so to go to the house of the Lord and to walk in the light of the Lord, that's a good thing for the most part. But man, when there's those little things going on in life that don't make you so happy to go to the house of the Lord and to get that light shine in on those things, 
that's not any fun at all. That's what God's Word does. See, light brings out a lot of truth. And when God's Word is spoken into life, it's that truth that we start to hear. And that truth is outside of ourselves. So it's nothing that we get to shape or change. It's a truth that's brought to us. And it ends up showing us what God's light and ways look like. And so when that light shines, a lot of times it's beautiful and it brings hope and it brings promise. And then there's other times where we say, wait a minute, I don't get to do this thing I really like doing. I don't get to sleep in through every church service. I don't get to just push God's word aside and pull it out when it's convenient. He says, no, that's not my rhythm for you. That's what Isaiah's word is bringing to the people. Yet Isaiah's word again is pointing ahead to a day when all the nations would be brought into the presence of the Lord, when all the nations would be brought to the house of the Lord. And can you imagine what Isaiah would think if he saw what goes on here? I know not all of you have direct Jewish lineage to the 12 tribes of Israel, right? And to have all of you in the house of the Lord where his word is being spoken, where his gifts are being given, Isaiah would have been shouting for joy saying this is the most amazing thing ever because so many people are gathered together around to hear God's word and God's love for them, to hear his forgiveness, and to have it every Sunday gathered together around that word, not just seasonally here and there, but to know that God's word is being spoken so often that you get to hear it. That is such a great thing. It's kind of the excitement when Jesus was coming into town. Feels weird, right? The first day of Advent, here we go leading up to Christmas, and the first gospel reading you hear is Palm Sunday, the triumphal entry. Jesus heading in seven days before his crucifixion, if not a little bit less than that, five days or so before his crucifixion. Jesus going into the temple, being welcomed in as king, as the words, Hosanna, God save us are being shouted, cloaks being thrown on the ground, palm branches being torn down as he's received in royalty as this king who has come to save. Now, when you say it that way, it kind of makes a little bit more sense on why that's the first reading we hear on Advent. But it is, again, jumping in in the middle of the story. That's, you know, what's coming. That's the beginning of Easter. That's what we expect to hear several months from now. But it's also what we're waiting for in our cry. Hosanna. God, save us. Be present with us. Right? Can you imagine that spotlight on Jesus? As he's there, the very light of the world, to one that came to shine in the darkness. This light that came in, as uh, John in his gospel would write, this light that came into the darkness, but the darkness could not overcome it. This light that was going to shine no matter what came his way. This light that was there to walk into the middle of his holy temple as they went up to the festival of Passover. You can imagine Jesus singing that very same psalm of ascent as he hit Jericho and walking along the road with his disciples as they came down from Galilee and made their way into Jerusalem, singing all those same psalms. Glad we get to go up to the house of the Lord. Teach us your ways. And as he walks into the temple, to see it in disarray and disorder, 
as other things from around the nations and the marketplace had all been brought in. And now he goes in to straighten things out and make it a house of prayer once again and make it a place of holy reverence for God and then to be brought in as an assumed king. He's king. Just in such a bigger way than they ever imagined. But to have this spotlight shining on Jesus and to then a little bit later see what it looks like for a spotlight to shine on sin. Mm, Not that Jesus had any. But as he was lifted up on that mountaintop just outside of the temple at Golgotha, and we see him highlighted, lifted up, so that we could see what God's judgment on sin looks like, so that we could see that all those things that we don't want highlighted by any light whatsoever on display as Jesus held them on the cross, as he was there and lifted up on high, and we can see what it looked like for God to judge sin and all those things that we would never want any spotlight to shine on at all we could see right in front of them mary looking up at her son john and the other disciples that were there looking up at their rabbi dying in their place carrying their sin to the cross there's no hiding god's judgment christ crying out for forgiveness and receiving forsakenness he said my god my god why have you forsaken me All those things that we would cry out and lament in the same place. Yet we don't have to be there because Christ was. He is the God who saves us. The Hosanna is absolutely right. And as we see him hanging there in our place to then carry all those sins to a place of darkness that could not overcome the light of the world because he did go to that tomb, yet he then rose again once again to live and walk and be the light of the world and bring what it looks like for the light of God to shine in the midst of darkness and to shine in people's hearts as he then teaches them his ways. Like forgiveness and love and hope and promise. And as we sit in this season of Advent, knowing promises fulfilled in Christ on that day, we look forward to that day when Christ will come again. He came as Savior, and he will come again as judge, but you've already been judged. I don't know if you've ever thought about this. When Christ comes in judgment, your judgment is already secured. It was right there at the cross. Your sins judged. Christ carried God's wrath for all of the things that you have done that have separated you from God, and he took your judgment upon himself right then and handled it for you so that when Christ comes again, you have no worry in your mind about what it's going to be like. Whatever the days look like when that second coming comes and we await that day that Christ returns, when we see him come, we can say, I'm glad to go up to the house of the Lord because I know that my Savior is there, that Jesus stands there, and that my judgment was laid upon him and he hands over to me not God's forsakenness, but Forgiveness, an heir to the kingdom. What a beautiful day as we will sing together when Christ comes again. It's a long day from now, or maybe it's a short day from now. I don't know. But one way or another, I know that we'll be glad to go up to the house of the Lord and walk in the light of the Lord. Amen. Would you pray with me?
Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for what you have done to save us. We look forward to your coming once again, and we pray that you would delay it so that more and more would hear of your love and forgiveness. We thank you, Jesus, for being our Savior, for being our King, for being our Lord, for being the one who has carried everything that would separate us from you and handing over to us grace, mercy, and forgiveness. We pray that you would continue to lead us. Teach us your ways. Let us walk in your light. Amen. I invite you to rise as we sing.